Welcome back, everyone. This is the Everyday Christian, where we take a practical approach to studying the Bible. My name is Vincent Saramelli, and you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Vincent Saramelli, or you can reach out to me via email. It's everydaychristian917 at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and if you do enjoy these, don't forget to subscribe, follow, and uh, share with your friends. So today we're reading out of Mark chapter 16, and this will wrap up the book of Mark in the New Testament. We have a lot of good things in this chapter, and one of the things that I thought was very interesting is uh, Mark wraps this up very, very quickly. There's a lot that happened after Jesus was resurrected, which is what this chapter covers. And it's just about 20 verses, and from the start of it, it's Jesus is basically resurrected to the end. He's ascended into heaven. So if you read any other uh, books in the Bible relating to this, uh, there's a lot going on here, and Mark really compacts it down. And since it is so short, I'm just going to read the whole thing, and then we'll go over the verses that I liked. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on, the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be afraid, he said. You are looking for Jesus of Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples, and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe me. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his words by the signs that accompanied it. One of the verses I liked, and it had nothing to do with the rest of the message I'm going to talk about here, but it has everything to do with going back to what I said in Mark chapter 14, where Jesus was calling out Peter specifically, and Peter was uh, you know, beside himself. Anyhow, the verse said, But go tell his disciples, and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. I like it because this is an angel who's specifically telling them, go tell the disciples and Peter. 
what you'll find when you read some of the other passages is Peter was really beaten up on himself for denying Jesus and then not being able to help save him. So I like that he was calling him out like, go tell the disciples and Peter. So that's kind of a, I don't know, I just like that a lot. The other verses I liked was a very obvious one, verse 15, which is the Great Commission. And I'll reread it real quick. It says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. And then the last thing was, uh, verse 20, is uh, then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. So what stood out about this to me is, this is the Great Commission. If you're call if you're a believer in Christ, Jesus calls you to go out there and preach the gospel to all creation. And what I also liked is he doesn't meet around the bush. He says, Here's a great commission, and then very shortly afterward it just says the disciples went out and did that. My takeaway is I need to remember it's not enough just to believe. Uh, I must become a tool for God to reach others. I must go out there and put myself out there for God to use. God will do the hard work. I just need to be willing when opportunities present themselves. So the other thing is don't stress over it. A lot of people hear the Great Commission, especially new believers, and they stress out going, oh man, I got to go out there and tell people about this. And mentally, we're all thinking, myself included, of the people with the sandwich boards. Now, there's a place in time for that, and it's few and far between, but for the most part, we don't need to be out there with sandwich boards. We need to be in tune with God, praying with God. I need to be in tune with God, praying to God, listening to Him. And when opportunities present themselves, not turn away from them. He's going to do all the hard work. I just need to be willing to do the last little bit. And when He shows me that opportunity, to act on it. And let me explain what I'm talking about with an opportunity here. Just for you guys, uh, a lot of people think the Great Commission, I got to go out there and do it. So I either got to do the sandwich board thing or I got to go to Africa and talk to people. No, Jesus calls you to be his disciple where you are right now. There are people he will call to go do missions, there are people he will call to do extraordinary things outside of where they're at. But you need to be a disciple in your community, in your neighborhood, in your household. So when I'm talking about opportunities, and this helps me remember, I don't need to go look at something fantastic outside. I need to look at opportunities in my house, in my workplace, in my friends' circles. When conversations come up, don't be afraid to talk about my faith and my belief. So that's just wanted to explain what an opportunity is. It's not necessarily this moment where God says, go to Africa and do some good work there. It's literally live your life. And look and be aware. Live your life and be aware. And God will put opportunities for, in front of you for the people around you. There's an example my pastor uses. Uh, it's a, an example using golf. And I'm not a golfer myself, but I do like the example. He says, picture it like you're on a, a golf course. And God is doing all the hard work getting the ball from the tee off all the way down the fairway onto the green. He's going to line it up for you for the short little putt. He's going to do all that hard work. All you have to do is tap the ball in at the end there. So 
that gives me the freedom. That gives all of us the freedom to know, yes, the Great Commission is. We are supposed to go out there and spread the word. We are supposed to let people know that they have a Lord and Savior who died for them, who took their sins to the grave and saved them. And all they have to do is accept him and they are forgiven. We need to spread that word, but we don't need to do anything that's not in our nature. Just pray, get close with God, listen, and he will put opportunities in front of you. And a good check I use for myself, and this is this helping me remember this, is if I'm thinking something's an opportunity and it's stressing me out, it's not an opportunity. It's me creating guilt. When I've shared the word with other people, it has come so natural. It's come like breathing. So the only difference was when it came like that, I was just willing and listening and God worked through me. When I feel stress over the opportunity to share to someone, it's not the right time. That's not coming from God. That's coming from somewhere else. And you're probably not going to be very successful. So that's my takeaway. Remember that the Great Commission is, I am supposed to go out there. We are all supposed to go out there and spread the word and help save people and help them know Christ. But God will make it easy for you. And if it doesn't feel easy, then it's not brought to you by God. Okay, so I'd like to wrap up with a prayer. Jesus, thank you for the Gospel of Mark. Thank you for reminding me of the Great Commission. Please use me for your will so you can save more people. Help me be aware when you line up an opportunity and give me the strength, courage, and boldness to be your ambassador. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay, that wraps up Mark, the book of Mark. And next time we talk, it will be a new book. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys later.